September 15, 1998. I'm going to start this with all of the same caveats as the one from the day before. I am apologizing in advance to all of the people that I am likely to offend with the kind of thoughts that I had in 1998. All I can say is I am older and wiser now, so please do not take offense. None is intended. I'm just sharing who I was at that moment in time. Richard asked me to be screened for HIV and sexually transmitted diseases. I had done so after Don left and should be tested every six months. He offered to pay for it, which is something I need to do anyway. I bought the soundtrack from the Titanic, Love Will Go On, sung by Celine Dion because he loves it so much. I was thinking on the way home, listening to the tape, that I think of him in every love song, one in particular, the reason should be dedicated to him. I thought a lot about our discussion regarding the swinging lifestyle and concluded that if he wants to experience it in his lifetime, it should be now, but not with me. As a recovering alcoholic, what kind of person would he be to coax me into a drink? As an ex-smoker, what kind of person would blow smoke in my face and tell me just a time or two won't hurt? As a Christian woman with a strong homosexual desire, what kind of person would encourage me to violate God's law and my own conscience? If satisfying a fantasy is more important than my soul, then there isn't much value to my soul. He called me tonight to tell me that his tenant, who rents the farm store, is a very beautiful bisexual swinger. Why call and tell me that other than an attempt to pique my curiosity and hopefully arrange a threesome for himself? As if to try and run me off, he canceled our dinner tonight, saying I was probably too busy and that he had, to time, he had to spend time with Patty. He said he wants to see me Thursday because he has a date with Zena, the doctor, on Wednesday as well. I was crushed. This is what I asked for, but it hurts nonetheless. Jamie came in and jammed my copier and I snapped at her. She asked why the sudden moodiness and I realized I was behaving toward her the same way I did when Don had me on edge. I am not going to put her through that hell again. No man's affection is worth this roller coaster ride. I fed the cats and cooled off. Maybe he just doesn't know God's word, although I thought everyone knew the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither, neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. The inspired writer goes on to say, in verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. It gets even worse in Revelations chapter 21, verse 8, when God says, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add his words or he will 
rebuke and prove you a liar. Surely I cannot have been so wrong about what a loving man he is. He wouldn't purposely hurt me. As much as I study the word, I couldn't find until last night with Mama Jack at church the passage that commands my attendance in church three times a week. The scripture actually says we are not to forsake the assembly of brethren, and that is subject to the days and times the brethren choose, which is at our convenience, with the exception of the commandment to meet on the Lord's day and take communion. It is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and I looked it up in my Greek translation to make sure the wording was correct, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but encouraging one another, and so much more, as ye see the day is approaching. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for our sins, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and fiery indignation. Wednesday, he asked if I would meet him for lunch at the Brown Dog. He had one of his tenant hairstylists cut my hair. Then we went to Radio Shack to pick up a mini recorder, and then to Salvation Army, where we bought clothes for him, me, Jamie, and Les, and then to the Brown Dog for an awesome lunch. David, the ex-attorney who works for him, joined us, and they both gave opposing advice as to how to handle the Mindy Harrell bite. He asked if his dating made me jealous, and I told him it does. He asked why I don't say so, and I told him I'm in no position to say anything about it. Not being able to be with him last night, and knowing that I wouldn't be able to be with him tonight, I was so happy that he suggested this afternoon meeting. As I was leaving, he said he wished we had time to go to the condo, but we both had work to do. I was impressed that he didn't invite me over for that reason alone and skip all the fun we had instead. I wanted him sexually, but I feared that my reason was tainted by wanting to control, i.e. eliminate, his sexuality with his date tonight. <laughs>